door of the suite. Someone had been bleeding when they left, and I knew it wasn't me. At least, not this badly. Either Jake hadn't died, or... I didn't want to consider either possibility. Rushing toward the open door, I ran into the room and nearly stumbled over the lifeless body of my attacker. He was dead. That might have been a relief if it weren't for the bloody passage I'd just navigated. If Jake was dead... This blood led to Smith. Think. Acting purely out of fear wasn't going to help the situation. With trembling fingers, I slipped off my robe, trying to ignore the dead body in the room. Tremors racked my body, making it a struggle to pull on the clothes I'd left laid out on the bed earlier. Running around in bloody silk seemed like a bad idea, and it was a problem I could fix. I took a steadying breath as I gathered my hair into a ponytail. I needed to be in control of myself, if nothing else. Stuffing the robe into my bag, I surveyed the space for any more personal belongings. We'd brought very little with us. Smith's idea. It was as if he'd suspected what would happen, but the most damning evidence couldn't be shoved into a tote, and I didn't have time to clean it up. Satisfied that I'd gathered all my belongings, I pivoted slowly toward the hallway, This time I noted the smear of blood on the doorframe. I wanted to believe it was Jake's blood on his hands, but he would have had to bathe in it to produce the trail he'd left in his wake. Smith was bleeding, and he was bleeding profusely. He might need an ambulance, but if that was why he'd sent me to call the police, why had he left? A normal person would call for help regardless, but in that moment all I could think of was finding my husband. What was I supposed to tell medics, anyway? That he had been injured and had gotten lost on his way to call the authorities? Smith was a fugitive. He knew that, and the police would know it as well, even if right now he was wounded. I was going to kill him. If he's not dead already. The thought chilled me, but I pushed it from my mind and walked swiftly to the bank of lifts at the end of the hall. There was no way to know which one he took, only that... Judging from the blood spatter, he had headed down to the main floors rather than taking the private lift to the parking garage. I had no clue why. The trouble was that there was no way to figure out which one he took. Studying the wall, I spotted a smudge of blood on the buttons, and then I had an idea. Peering closer, I found another smear of blood near the frame of the rightmost lift. He'd gotten on that one. Closing my eyes, I centred myself and focused on my need to find him. Then I pushed the button to call for the lift. It took five minutes and several confused passengers before the one I wanted arrived. By the time it did, I was relieved to discover it was empty. The trouble was that half of the buttons on the interior control panel had blood on them. Think, Bell. I pressed each one, praying I would find him quickly. I needed to see him, touch him. He was the one real, tangible element of this living nightmare we were trapped in. I had to find him. Surely he would have gotten off sooner rather than later. The lift doors slid open two floors down to reveal more blood. I followed it, stealing myself for what I might find at the other end. But it only led to a janitorial closet. I opened the door before I could chicken out. The hall light slanted across the dark cupboard and fell over Smith's crumpled body.
Circling my fingers around his wrist, I checked for a pulse and choked back a sob when I felt the faint thrum. It was slight, but it was there. Now if I had any idea what to do. Judging from the heat pricking my eyes, my body voted cry, but thankfully my bitchy crisis management side kicked in and saved me. Sliding my arms around his torso, I attempted to lift him. He was too heavy. Damn all those sexy muscles. I swiped away an escaped tear and collapsed to the floor beside him. Wake up, I demanded. I know you're a stubborn ass, but I need you to listen to me for once. I wiped angrily at the tears that were now dribbling freely down my cheeks. We said forever, and I'm going to need you to make good on that price. I waited for a response. I begged for one. Smith didn't move.